Hello, and welcome to Miss D's Lunacy. Today we have as our guest a remarkable, charismatic, brilliant, kind, and generous man who has changed so many lives, including his own. His accomplishments run the gamut from inventor to motivational speaker to author to filmmaker and philanthropist. His faith and determination have given him the strength to become who he is today. Please welcome Mike Lindell. Thanks, Miss D. It's a pleasure to be on your show. I think you're just amazing. Oh, I mean, you're you. like a star <laughs> projected in outer space. For what you have done for so many people and for yourself is remarkable. Well, it is surreal for me at times, I'll tell you. <laughs> but you're so brave. Where did you get this bravery? <laughs> well, you know, uh, for, when you talk about speaking, I'll tell you one thing you know, that you probably don't know about me. I was a very shy kid. I had this fear of rejection. I wouldn't even talk to people. If, if I didn't have, you know, I was a cocaine addict, then a crack addict, you know, and, and I, if I didn't have my cocaine, I wouldn't talk to people because if you don't talk to them, you can't get rejected. If somebody told me I'd be coming out and I'd be speaking and, you know, and be able to talk to people, I would have said, no Did way. someone abuse No, I think it goes back. I was, um, uh, my parents divorced when I was seven years old, and, and then I got put into a new school, and I was very shy, very, I mean, it's very, back then, divorces were not common. This is the early 19, late 1960s, and uh, I'll tell you, it was, uh, I was just, I couldn't fit in. I didn't seem like I fit in, and I would do stuff to show off, like climb out of moving bus windows and jump, just little things like that. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a good idea. No, no, no. Extraordinary. No. And then, how did you get your voice? Because you're so motivational. Well, you know the the um, if you go to that go to that route. Um, when I invented my pillow, I, it was kind of an interesting thing. When I was, you know, I was turned down everywhere. I was turned down at box stores. It took a year and a half to invent and. And you made uh, the machinery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made the machine. And <laughs> I mean, it was my friend and I, were, I mean, not my friend, my son and I, one of my sons, were tearing different things on the deck every day, trying different uh, bills to go on a pillow. And when we finally got it made, we were turned down everywhere. And I went into a uh, box store and he said, I have the best pillow ever made. How many would you like? And they go, um, you need to leave. <laughs> you're just but way too excited. why a pillow? I yeah. mean, you know, with well, all with your the, inventiveness. Well, with the, with the pillow, I always had problems, uh, you know, sleeping. People say, well, Mike, you were a drug addict. Well, I still had problems sleeping, okay? And my pillows would go flat. I'd use my arm, fold them, wake up with a headache or a neck ache. And I had all these problems with, and I'm going, why doesn't somebody invent a pillow you could move and you could adjust it for me as an individual? I thought, you know, there's so many... We all have different shirt sizes and pants sizes, and everybody has different shoe sizes. How, how dare the industry sell us a pillow that, you know, one size fits us all, this curve. And so I, um, you know, that was my first thing was to, I wanted to, I, I believe I, you know, I started, I actually got the dream of the name My Pillow in a Dream, which I think came right from God. And they, and I wrote it all over the house, these logos. And I, and my daughter, one of my daughters came upstairs. She goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to invent this pillow. It's going to be so amazing. It's going to change millions of lives. And it's going to be called my pillow. And she grabbed a glass of water. She goes, yeah, that's really random. And she went back downstairs. And then the, uh, then the ideas for the pillow, when I got it where you could adjust it, I finally got that set. I was stubborn. I said, I want to make it so you could also wash and dry it. And I put this 10-year warranty on it and all these 
All the things I would want in a product, everything I want, I wanted my pillow to have or where you could ask anyone. And my friends and my, you know, they laughed at me. They said, you're never going to get a patent on a pillow. And it was the half of them are going, but if That's you do. That's very hard to get, by the way. Yeah. And, well, yeah, on a pillow, they've been around forever. And the, uh, and then the other half said, boy, if you come up with something, I would like one. It would do all that. And. But then and you the, had five employees to start. Well, they had just me and my kids. What we did, I had to learn how to sew, and I learned how to Good sew. Lord. I had to learn how. To, we worked out of a little tiny garage, and and uh, like I say, I was turned down everywhere. And someone said, "Well, Mike, why don't you do a kiosk?" I said, "How do you spell that? And what is it?" And I I went and I did this kiosk in Minnesota in our when we were, it was about twenty miles or ten miles from my hometown, and. We, I mortgaged a house. I was out of money, you know, still, you know, obviously I was still addicted to drugs too. So a lot of my own <clears> adversity, <throat> but, but, um, we did, we only sold about 80 pillows during that month and a half. So we were in the hole another 10, $15,000 and, and not using a bank or having any credit. We were completely broke. But one guy that bought one of them pillows, he called me in January and said, are you the guy that invented this pillow here in Minnesota? And I said, yeah. And he said, it changed my life. And he said, I run the Minneapolis Home and Garden Show. Would you like a spot in there? And I said, okay. Well, I went in there and I put my own, made my own uh, designs. I put, you know, made some signs, family owned and operated. And and uh, interesting phenomenon. You asked, uh, you asked me before how, how I could, uh, you know, this fear of rejection of talking to people. When I was behind that booth at that Home and Garden Show, okay. I didn't have to have any drugs. People would come up and I was just so passionate about hearing their stories because some of them now had bought my pillow and had come back to the show and just watching them and the blessing of of helping someone was my, you know, I just enjoyed that so much. I go, did it really work? You know, I was just, every I every customer is my only customer to this day. And, and but I got noticed by, by, or I got it applied for the Minnesota State Fair. Then I knew I could support my family. So I started doing home shows and fairs for the next Five six years because I did the same thing when I started my jewelry business. Right, yeah. And because I was behind the table, I was chatting away too. Oh yeah, yeah. You got you You get passionate about what you're selling. selling. Exactly. So it takes you out of your own element. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes you sort of be well. You know, this is really cool, and I really believe. Yeah, absolutely. Passion, you know, and that and that for me. Then of course, when I wasn't there, you know, I could leave the booth to go do something, and I and I I was still shy around people. But they, uh, you know, it, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was quite a phenomenon. And then, but then during those times, it was five, six years there. It got into 2007. People tried to take a pillow from me, take the manufacturing. All these things happened. Yeah, so went, much betrayal. Yeah. And we end up getting, um, we, we we're losing our house. We lost <laughs> our house. And, uh, and my wife of 20 years, we got a divorce. She left, uh. She left. She couldn't take it anymore. We were making the pillows in our living room, basically labeling them, and it was uh, it was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, pain and a lot of adversity. In two thousand eight, um, the actually the spring of two thousand eight, um, the drug dealers uh, did an intervention on me and said, "Mike, I had been up for fourteen days," and they came. There was three of them, and we was in the worst part of Minneapolis. And I said, "What are you guys doing?" And they go, "Well, Mike's been." The one guy says, "Mike's been up for fourteen days." And, where he's going to bed, and, uh, and nobody's selling him any drugs. Well, the two of them leave, and they get the word out on the street, and this guy finally fell asleep. So I snuck out, and I went down to the streets, and I, for $100, I could not get $5 worth of crack. I came back up, and I was so defeated, and, and I, I come up there, and I, 
and he's up by now. He says, how'd that work out for you? And I said, and uh, he said, here, give me your phone. And he takes a picture of me being up those four. I this could be on the cover picture. of my book, okay? But he goes, Mike, you made us a promise. He said that you would come back and help us someday and that you that God gave you this big platform where the pillow was just a platform for a much bigger purpose. And you promised us we're not having you die on it. That's and it, so and, true. And he actually, that, I was their hope. I look back now and I was their hope. They just interviewed one of them for my book the other day and they're going, you know, this is what he would always tell us that he's going to come back and he's going to, and God's given him this big platform and he's going to back, come back and help us, you know, and, uh, and which, which now today, and we could talk about a little what later here. Story. I have quite a, I have quite a, uh, quite an addiction thing we'll talk about later, the regular yeah, recovery so network. I. But the, but then um, I didn't quit there. Um, I, it was another, another nine months and um, uh, my son left, uh, he actually left the house. He was back living with me, and he had his tear in his eye. He said, Dad, I can't stay here anymore. And that hit me pretty hard of how addiction, yeah. you know, how things affected hit my family. And then in uh, December of that year, my friend came uh, came to me, and it was it was uh, interesting. This is very key in people that are um, that are addicted. You relate to people that are your own peers, and and you and you look for stories of hope. Well, my friend. He's the first guy I ever did cocaine with, and he also had switched to crack cocaine in the early 2000s. But he had been clean for three years, and he came to me out of the blue, and he said, "I said, Dick, what are you doing?" I hadn't seen him in a year. He says, uh, "He says so I was in. He was, so I was praying, and God told me to come out here and talk to you." And I'm sitting there, and I'm going, "I go well as long as you're here. I got some questions for you. You know, is it boring?" You know, I, I wanted to know if it'd be, you know, being sober is boring. And I had all these questions for him about, you know, and, but he left and I still, so I got the message. It was a month later on January 16, 2009, where I knew this big platform of mine was going to go shut and that, that God had given me for this amazing uh, product and then, and then a platform for a bigger purpose. Well, um, I, I just prayed that day. I said, God, I want to wake up in the morning and never have the desire again for these uh, these drugs. How does that happen overnight? <coughs> well, possible? that was a miracle. I, I did wake up the next day, and I woke up, and they, all the desires were gone for alcohol and tobacco and so cigarettes weird. and uh, crack so un- and cocaine. But I, I don't want you know I don't want anyone out there, the listeners, to think that that you know that 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 can happen to everybody. But here's what happened then. I, my company was taken. There was very little, there was, um, I was completely broke. There was nothing left. They had taken my shows and I needed to come up with, this is a good little side story. I needed to come up with money to get my fabric back of these guys that had taken it. And I needed 30,000 cash. And I had never, remember I had my fear of rejection, so I couldn't talk to people, but I had to go talk to these people. I didn't even know. And there was eight of them. And I walk in there and they're all wearing suits. There's like a CFO and a C, or, you know, CEO and all these C's. And, and I go in to borrow $30,000. I had a T-shirt on and a pillow. And I'm telling them my story. And I, I'm able to talk because I'm talking about the pillow. And, you know, it was helping so many people. I was doing shows. And, and I'm going to do my shows again. These guys took my company. I used to be a crack cocaine addict. And I'm talking away. And he goes, the one guy goes, well, when did you quit crack? And I said, last what? Thursday. <laughs> and he, but they still, four of them left the room. And the other ones ended up borrowing me the money. And, I mean, that was a miracle. And these little miracles started happening. And I, and, uh. Get, but about three months after I quit, I said, you know, I go, you know what? I'd like to find out why I was addicted in the first place. You know, what if I don't, you know, I never had the desire, but I'm going, I, you know, I'd like to, 
you know, I felt led to go. We had a church or at my church. There was also a treatment center there called Living Free. And I just felt led to go there. And I go in there, and there's a counselor. The first guy I talked to, but, you know, when I was signing up, he says, um, you know, I hadn't even, the class was the following week. And I walked in there, and I said, I said, yeah, I'm not an addict anymore. I said, I quit everything three months ago, but I feel led to come here, and, and I'm going to have a book someday. I'm going to have a big platform, a foundation. And I said, I'm going to make a movie from the book. It's going to change the world. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be out there evangelizing and, and, and ministering. And I'm telling him all this stuff. And he went home and told his wife, he said, you should see this guy that came in. He, I, I think he's on crack. But I learned so much in that. It was different there. He, but what we, you said my, what really did happen. Yeah, it did happen. It was very t- Him now tells the story. For seven years later, for all this to come to full fruition is just amazing. It's amazing. And he's, uh, and he's, he's also been in my book where he said, this, you know, I came in and told, told, said everything that was going to happen. It was like a prophecy. Well, here, I, but I got in. He, I was, my purpose of being in there, though, he start, we said in our, in our treatment, the group, we're all talking about, I start talking about how much drugs I did. And, uh, you know, and they, tri- oh, typical treatment, they go, oh, you hurt your family and you, and you've hurt your kids and you've spent all your money. Well, that shames uh, you even worse. That's right. What he did is he stopped. He goes, we don't want to talk about that. That's right. We want to talk about your childhood. He said, Mike, did you come from, you know, let's talk about your father. And I said, well, my family, they, they, they divorced when I was seven. These are the things we talked about, these wounds we had when we were, when, in a, when we were kids. And, um, and that we don't, we don't understand them. That we so don't understand them. They surface them. much later they, in life. They manifest into addictions, in addictions, or correct. I always say they come through, manifest three ways, addictions or personality disorder or finding correct. God. I Correct. mean, you know, you need faith. You get out of treatment, nobody's going to trust you. But at you seven, to, you don't realize. Yeah, you don't realize how it's going to affect you. Co- you, know? you have no idea. You, you have no idea, and it's no. not your fault. And, and your need my, and your emptiness we are is empty. just stuck. Absolutely. You are 100% right. You know, they got, you know you've know, you got all the uh, the fatherless that goes on, on nowadays with broken families and everything and the father abandonment. And, you know, I had all these things that, uh, that I learned there and, and – uh, with the platform I have now, this is a lot of stuff I talk about. But they, but after that, um, I spent the next two years in Jan in two thousand nine and ten, getting my you know my shows back, setting up shows again, doing these little home shows throughout the Midwest and and uh, actually Canada and a little bit in Canada too. And we I would do fairs and home shows and have a few friends of mine and my family doing it. And we'd make the pillows at night, uh, or I'd sell them during the day and and. Uh, we worked out of a little garage. Well, then in, in January of uh, January 2nd of 2011, it was kind of a significant day, the Minneapolis Star and Tribune did a little article about me in a business section of the paper. And it was just me holding a pillow and talking about this guy that invented this pillow. Well, the sales were huge that day and, and more than we had done in six months. Well, I, said, I thought to myself, well, why don't I make an ad that just is honest and just tells my story and me holding a pillow, not some beautiful lady laying on a pillow or, you know, the way they sell stuff nowadays. And, and I wanted to make it real and honest and I did. And the ad just took off and, and I said, you know what, if no one's going to take me in the box stores, I'm going to make my own infomercial. And I told my friends and family, we had no money. And I said, let's, let's put, Let's pool our money but and make it. Infomercials are expensive. Yeah, half hour infomercial. Yeah, it was very expensive. We, I, I, everyone put their money in. My kids, everybody pooled wow. their money. 
And we went to do this. It's funny. We went to do this infomercial. The first lady that uh, we dealt with, she said, you're going to need an actor. And I said, I don't want an actor. I just want it like I am at the show. So I didn't want to be on TV. You know, I still had my very much fear of talking and fear of that. But I wanted someone else to do like we did at the show. It was actually a friend of mine. Well, then it ended up Then I said, well, um, we got rid of her because she, she would not listen. And I, so we're just going to make our own infomercial. We, we had a real audience and a friend of mine. And the night before, we had this producer. He, was, he had produced infomercials. And he, he got brought in to, read the, to watch me read the lines and stuff. And he sent, a t- he sent a text to the other guy. And he said, this guy's the worst I've ever seen. He could never be on TV. He's not going to be able to talk. And uh, so... But we the funny thing, yeah, yeah. The next day, we we had no choice but to do it with no teleprompter and just let me go. And I had one line that took nine takes. I was horrible. But then we then we did the uh, we it just uh, we filmed all day. It was a real audience. I didn't know who was. We just ad libbed it. We just ad libbed it. And, oh my goodness! And uh, we they put the, the guy the producer guy put everything together and we made a. <laughs> Half-hour infomercial, and it launched October 7th, 2011, in the middle of the night at 3 in the morning. Well, I was, living, I was living in my sister's basement, and you're right. At that time, we had five employees, maybe, plus my kids, maybe 10 at the most. And in 40 days, we had 500 employees. It went straight that up. That ad yeah, that yeah. they told you yeah, you yeah, were terrible yeah, in yeah, right. actually worked. Yeah, it exploded. We uh, we had I was hiring people off the street. Every you know I knew everybody from the bar when I owned my local bar, and we're hiring people as fast as we can, teaching people how to sew, taking phones um, at night, working out of a little schoolhouse. By by December twenty sixth of two thousand eleven, we are the number one infomercial in the world, and over the next six months, we took in millions and millions. We sold. Um, it, it it went straight up, and then uh, but 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 by the summer of 2012, and you were a lousy, whatever yeah, you were, right? Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. I just keep keep making pillows, and uh, and but I learned so much that we were millions of dollars in the hole at the end of you know taking in a hundred million, and we're six million in the hole. Everybody had taken advantage of us too. Where I you know my handshake was my word. I go back in time. My handshake's my word. Well, apparently not for other companies, and. Uh, and so we got we got charged a lot. We got um, I mismanaged a lot of the the media buying. I didn't know that, but I learned so much from then. And then the big the box stores and the and the shopping channels came calling. We've uh, we QVC uh, yeah QVC. We broke records there. We first went on there. I was so scared, and I went on there, and they I hit numbers that were unprecedented at that time. And they they go, can you? It was uh, October of 2011 or 2012. I'm sorry. And and I the numbers were huge these dollars per minute I think it was like forty or fifty thousand dollars on a minute and they go can you go back and do that again and I went back there and I did it again and I stayed there from October all the way through I think it was a mid December I was just going on every day and I got better and better at it obviously but they uh but it was it was so uh it was amazing that people and now people start telling other people and by, by you know by doing that infomercial. You're telling you're going right to the people rather than, and uh, we learned then you know how to track our media better, how to track the stations that worked, the ones that didn't, and uh, also the summer of 2011. It was interesting. Uh, um, August, in fact, he just retired. Don Imus, and uh, yeah. and Don Imus. I first I met him. I was mopping my floor in 2011 in August. It brought me back to when I used to work at a drive-in theater, and the phone rang. 
And it was uh, WABC in New York. And I had never, you know, we didn't have any money to advertise. I said, no, we're not, we don't have any money. And, and this is even before, the same time we were making that infomercial. And a friend of mine came in. She goes, who was that? And I said, it was WABC in New York. She said, that was Don Imus' station. And she was, she wanted to go out and meet him or whatever. So we flew to New York and I ended up, I meet Don, Don Mr. Imus, and I said, uh, he, I see, he comes in. He said, "What are you? What are you? What's this all about?" And I said, "Well, I said I got a pillow I invented in, and uh, did you get him?" He goes, "I didn't get any pillow," and and I grabbed grabbed one off his couch, just a decorative pillow, and I start talking. And they had told me I'll get like five minutes with him, and and here uh, he, uh, I think I talked for fifty five minutes. He was they were ready to pull me off. He goes, "I want to hear some more from this guy." Well. <laughs> He was so, um, you know, Mr. Shy. Yeah, yeah, Can't stop talking. So, but an interesting thing happened. He finally did try the pillows a couple weeks later, and it changed his life. And he went on, really? and to this day, he just retired this last week. He sold my pillow. Actually, carried the company many times as a radio because of his passion for the pillow. Well. I learned that then in radio, you know, it's easy for me. The radios are one of our best best uh, venues because the, you get the host fit with the my pillow and you fit their families. And if you don't believe Mike Lindell, you believe their host. You know, they're just so because it's a life changer. It changes them. And so we got so big. Um, um, like I say, in 2012, then in 13, and recovered from the 2012 from all that money I had spent on media that didn't work, and then. 2014, we were within two days of going under, <gasps> and um, and it was um, it was quite uh, for me. It was scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going. We worked all this time for nothing, and oh, Lord. and um, I met this gal, and uh, and she actually changed. I'm with her today. This uh, her name is Kendra, and she had actually changed my life. She had uh, she had this amazing faith in God. And, like you do, yeah, yes, right, yeah. But I didn't then as much as she did. I'm going. She's walking with Jesus. I'm going. I'm going. What? I'm going. What do you? I never I go, met the fellow. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm just... going. Well, I'm going. I'm saying. I'm going. You know. Um. And you know, Kendrick goes. She goes. You need to pray, and we need to. You know, anyway. So here in 14, we we did that. And we also made a, a one and a two minute commercial about the same time, and it was the most. And it didn't work. And then my friend says, "Well, you need to be in the commercial, Mike." And I'm in going, the what? In, in the commercial. This is a one minute and two minute now, not oh, an you. infomercial. They told me, no, you need to be in it because I wasn't in it. Correct. And it, failed. Well, and it failed. And so I go, okay. But I didn't want to do the hard sell, you know, and I'm going. So I prayed with Kendra about it. She goes, no, you're supposed to be in this. And so I go in it and you'll see the one with my cross. I mean, you know, this is, I mean, and I'm, I just went out there. I always wore my cross anyway. And, I, and I, we prayed that it would work because we were, we were going to be gone otherwise. And it, Exploded again, my pillow. Wow. We went now from that point in 2014 and 15 and 16 and 17. You know, now we just went straight up. We expanded to 400,000 square foot of factory. Now, two factories, 1,600 employees. It's fantastic. Um, you know, we sold, we just this last Monday, we sold 41 million pillows. Was sold, has been sold. The, last, the 41 millionth pillow was just sold last Monday. I mean, I'm just it's surreal for me, and it's like, what? You know? And what you did for so long to keep it afloat, and all the ups and downs, yeah, yeah. and it success was, yeah, came yeah, eventually. Yeah. But I love the fact that they said, "Don't put him in it," and then you, for a shy person, yeah, do a do a complete. So you can't stop talking now. Yeah, You're like yeah, so yeah. proud of yourself. It's just yeah. extraordinary. Well, it's, it's, uh, 
I think that's that fear of rejection. I prayed about that of getting rid of my unworthiness spirit. That was an unworthiness spirit. A lot of people have a lot it of people have, have deep down don't I, feel worthy. I don't worthy, think you could know? really explain yeah. it technically yeah, because yeah. You, it, but, you know unless yeah. you have some you know therapist that right. Follows well, you well when you have you know because I did have <laughs> a spirit of you know unworthiness, so I'm, that's my fear of rejection. That if you know and. Uh, and I think that, a, lot a lot of people of, feel unworthy. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I got even even in the last couple of years where things were happening to me, like I went to the National Prayer Breakfast. I ended up picked out of twelve people to pray with Ben Carson. I ended up in a private meeting with uh, uh, Mr. Trump before he was president. That's right, I mean, that's right. all these miracles. I'm going. I'm just a crack addict from Minnesota. I'm going. <laughs> you know, and now I'm speaking to people. This this amazing um, story, and it's I love helping people with the you know with and what. You know, to be, um, to have my faith and to have uh, that people, is such you know, a godsend. You know, yeah, absolutely, and that that keeps uh, it just. It's like a confidence I have now, where where I didn't have that before. You know, but you're a motivational. You're fantastic. Well, it's the story. <laughs> I mean, it's a story. Yes, but it's it's if just you know it's just story, so humble. You know, you're so yeah, humble so, about yeah. it. Rather um, than I mean, you're just so. I mean, um, God, whoever well, it was, God, faith. Yeah. Your, your trajectory has been a shooting star. Yeah, it really has, and it's it's it, it fulfilled that with that uh, that prophecy that me telling that treatment guy back in the day in two thousand nine. You know, now God has blessed me with this huge platform, and what and what I'm doing now, my found I I. I my foundation, this idea with my foundation that's launching. Yes, that's the next step. If you pick you whatever the need is, I, I reverse engineer what a foundation is. So whatever the need is, 100% of your money is going to go to the need, and you get to hear back the difference you made in their life. No overhead. I got tired of how much of my money really goes I to the need. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, and they then we, take it for stamps yeah, and envelopes and secretaries. Right. So we're paying, I've been paying that overhead. I've got millions of dollars into getting this set up, and it's going to be – as we're launching it, we've actually tested it and everything. We're actually launching it in about a month. And every single... Now, can you imagine putting in... Well, it's called the Lindell Foundation. Lindell Foundation. You can look it up. LindellFoundation.org. And you did something in yeah. Cambodia and in India. And now yeah, you're yeah, working... Yeah we, checked, we, yeah, we checked it all horizontally. We checked... We, I had... It was in You call it the countries. grid or something. Yeah, yeah yes? I, I checked. Yeah, I, these little squares I put yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. put up these little squares of need. But I've even added to that now with, um, um, I met these guys so it's from the original Teen Challenge. And if you ever heard of Teen Challenge, no. it's, it's, a, um, it's an amazing treatment program, but there's also the Salvation Army a treatment program, Union Gospel, all these. Well, what we did is we gathered, it's called the Recovery Network, which I co-founded. And what that's going to do is just like myself, when I told you my friend came back and, and I had, you know, all these questions for him that was my equal, you know, yeah. with, it, with the drug addiction and so yeah. on. Well, can you imagine if you're a 22-year-old opiate addict, you're not going to really relate to like a 50-year-old crack cocaine addict, right? <laughs> you know. But if you've seen a story of hope of another 22-year-old opiate addict, that will help you. So what we're doing is we're taking, we're getting all these stories, a couple hundred thousand stories for people that have made it through to the other side where they made it through this terrible wow. addiction, no matter what addiction or how old they were. And now if you're, we're going to have this app, and you're, let's say you're at home and you're a you're a 22-year-old, you put your age in, put in what are your drug of choice, and now all these stories of hope will come up, and you click on them, and you can watch the videos. How did they make it through? 
How did, or if you're a family member, and you're a family member, you put in these other family stories are up there. How did their, how did, what did they do as a family where they had an addict like Is that, that something you started? Yeah, yeah, I co-founded it with this called the Recovery Network. That's fantastic. And what it is going to do, then you're going to have all your help centers that are, you know, where we've vetted to help. And then this fall, I'm going to have all these mentors from that group that are pay, that are paid, very trained, and they're going to be mentors to all the addicts in this country where the addicts can go, what can I do to get help? But How is it centrally located somewhere? Yeah. Is it just all over the it state? It will be all over the it will be all over the country. We're testing it now in some places. How in the but world it, did you put gonna, that together? Yeah, well, we've got we're getting from the alumni, okay, from all these treatment centers. We had the treatment uh, centers. These people that are addicts called them up and said, Hey, can you tell us your story? Can you send us a story on video? So we vetted them. Like uh, almost like you'd rate a driver in Uber or something, or rate a Lyft. You know, you rate them. You rate this story. Well, now the story comes down, and we vet it. And this story of hope, like mine's out there. Mine's front and center in this country. My story of hope. Uh, my story. Yeah, but of you're hope. also really famous, uh, yeah. by the way. Right. I mean, but, but they. But having that, that's helped a lot of people. But you know what? It'll help someone even more. Someone their own age group. Someone their that's their 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 same drug of choice where they can hear, read a story of hope of that. If I'm a 22-year-old open addict, I want to see someone else that's beat it, that's 22 years old, that's addicted to opiate. Or if I'm a 30-year-old uh, meth addict, I want to see a, a, a success story of another 30-year-old meth addict. And you put these stories there, you give, seeds are planted. And you're going to find out that in most cases, God was the answer, but they, but these, they will... Reach out and find out and find out how this works for these people. They find empathy. And they're going to see how they, you know, they're going to see these stories, how these guys made it through. And then they're going to, and same way with the families. How do, well, you know, I have, a, I have a, a son that's a that's an addict. What do I do? And they reach out to other families and they see these on there. I also want to do it for the prisons. In prisons, I want to take, you know, if you're, in, if you're an inmate in a prison, I want you to, I want to gather stories of successes and then I want them to be able to watch them while they're in prison so that when they get out, they have hope. You think that changes them, really? They, <coughs> hope they, is, there's so much negativity in prison. You can have in, 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 in addictions and in um, uh, when you get into addictions, and even, as you start to get help, you don't have trust. You're not going to have trust right away. And, and, I'm aware And if that. you go into in traditional help, a lot of places that go in for help, they say, you know, they'll add more shame to the pile. I want to break that barrier. It's not you know, people that are in with it with addicts going. Okay, I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what about addicts. Um, I'm out there right now. They're nothing to be ashamed with. If something happened when you're, you know, from your childhood, and you know what? Some of the the people I hire, a lot of people I hire at my pillow, addicts are hard workers, and they're they're very resourceful. You know how hard it is to hide addictions, and how hard it is to to function and to try and, you know, get in. And all you're doing, you're hiding pain that you haven't addressed. And, and it's, um, you know, I just want to get that. And, and see people out there that, that have gotten through it, a lot of them don't even want to tell their story because they're going, oh, I beat it. I don't want anybody to even know I was an addict. Really? You could be helping someone. People that help people that are, it helps the people that are mentoring as much as the addicts themselves. And we and I'll tell you, this epidemic that we have now got so big, and we're going to beat it the same way it grew. Okay, so this is extraordinary because it's really a vulnerability that has to be exposed before oh, one can oh. one can talk about it. Yeah, absolutely, and that's where I'm. 
My so you're a bit is, of a mentor as yeah, well. Yeah, well, my platform has put me right out front and center. I mean, I've, I've been very public with my story. And, and, How brave of you. Uh, oh. How absolutely wonderful that you put yourself out there. And then as being so shy, you then became <laughs> the opposite. You became the complete opposite yeah. to say, listen, I was a ding dong and yeah, now right, I'm not anymore. Right, right, and right. then you're sitting next to President Trump yeah. at a meeting. And right. you, what did you say? The story was so funny. You were sitting. Well, it was very funny. You said, was, my name is right next well, to yeah, who? No. Well, yeah, it was, <laughs> I, it was. I invited last summer to, yes. the, to the manufacturer's summit. There's like. 30 businesses in there, and, exactly. and I couldn't see the name tag next to me. I go, well, who's sitting here? And they go, I'm Mike, the president's sitting next to you. He wanted to sit by, he wanted to sit by you. And, uh, and it, it was, was so, adorable. And he did. He came in, and he talked about he had bought a pillow, and, and it was just, what an amazing guy. He's going to be, he's so good, at, you know, as a president. And his, you know, I met him. I had met him the year before, and his heart is so, t- we talked about God, the inner I think city, you had your things. pillow with yeah. you, didn't you? No, that was at the, that was at the second one that went after well, he was president. he was yeah. also doing a lot for the companies to, that were made in America. Made he, in loves, America. he loves the made in America. He loves the story of my, of my pillow, of the, you know, keeping all the people employed here. You know, I'll tell you, just like my- 1,600 people? 1,600, 1,650. I said 15. Uh, but you know what? You know what? If, if Back in the day, when companies left the United States, let's say it's a snowmobile company. True. When they leave, guess what? The fastener that make it, the seat covers that make it, the one that makes the skis, they all follow overseas. And now you bring something back, just like my pillow. You know what? The ones that make the fabric in the Carolinas, you got the patented foam in, the, in, um, in Wisconsin- Think of all their employees. Think of all the radio and stuff I do, all the employees of all the radio stations. Everything, by making a product here, how many other companies it takes? But it costs a lot. But it, it costs it a lot. Now Absolutely. that he's lowered the taxes yeah, for that, the companies. That's, that's so amazing what he's done. That's a wonderful yeah. thing for companies tax, because they were all leaving. Right. And, and you know, and that's just that, you know, on the tech, that's amazing he did that and that that's helping so much. But there was another thing, too. If you're an entrepreneur here and you think it's cheaper to manufacture overseas in the first place, I'll tell you what. You're at the mercy of their shipping. It takes 120 days to get it. And if you get it and it's not a good product or you're, it's not up to your thing, your standards. And But people and couldn't afford to do it in the United States yeah. until recently when he did change yeah, well, the they, Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. And I passed a lot of that. So many. What he did, too, not just for the big C-Corps, for the pass-through entities like your S-Corps and your LLCs, to be able to take um, the 20% of your net and to be able to pass that on to, you know, for, to your employees exactly. or even to help your company grow and then to be able to buy machines. I just bought a machine that I can write off right away now. It was $800,000. It added 16 jobs to my pillow by being able to do that and write it off right now. You know, so there's so many amazing things in that bill. That's wonderful. He's so you. smart. He's been in the business. I mean, what a guy. I mean, to have somebody so pragmatic that's in as our president that's been there. I mean, you know, that's amazing to me. That's, well, I think it's wonderful for you because I really do believe that people should be working here, not over yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. It's so rewarding. Right outside, you know, at my five-year reunion when I was, uh, I was, didn't, wasn't was doing anything, and people from my high school, they get out and they were working. They had just got out of college, you know, these new big jobs, or they had stayed with their job making And I felt like, you know, I'm bragging about near-death experience and knowing them. <laughs> Owing money for bad sports betting and all these different things, and and now to be to see what happened to them because a lot of their companies left, and then now they're right outside my door. Am I employed by my pillow where we create careers, not jobs? How rewarding is that? It's come full circle where I'm able to help them. 
you know. I think it's wonderful. You know. Now, you've written a book, yes? Comes out, should be out by July. It's called What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO. What Are the yeah, Odds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great name. Yeah, yeah, it's it. And then on top of this, you were friends with Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. And you started a film company. Well, we did a, yeah, we did a movie. I actually asked Stephen. Three. I said, well, I actually asked Stephen. I said, uh, when we, this was in 2014 when I met him. I said, I said, uh, Stephen, do you think someday I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to finish my book and I'm going to, I want to make a movie from my book. So I said, could I learn something from you? Could I come to one of your sets? He goes, well, why don't we make a couple movies and learn about, about it? About faith. So, yeah. So we made a, we made a first, this first one's called Church People. It's a, a Christian comedy. We did, also did uh, Thief on the Cross. It was a one man uh, um, play that he did. And, uh, but helping, but learning and producing them. Um, I got involved in a couple other movies I won't name right now, but they, uh, but we're, cause they're coming out. It's going to be a surprise, but they, but we have, I learned so much about the industry because when I make my movie, I want it to be, maybe I'll be my own actor. I don't know. <laughs> but the, uh, but Why I learned, not? Uh, but I learned so much. I wanted to learn about it because for me, before I go in on anything, I, I want to do my due diligence and I want to be able to back it 100% and I want to do it right. And so what Well, being not? shy, being on television and radio and now movie star, I mean, you've... You've hit the gamut. Well, I give it. I give all the glory to God. I mean, with God, all things are possible. That's but that it. does. No. We. It's not easy. No. It's not easy to take no. that trajectory. Right. Right. I'm sorry, but you yeah, had a lot right of luck. Yeah. 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 And a lot of well, bad luck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had. You know, there's a. Um, if you go by for my uh, favorite verse now, the Bible, Proverbs three five six, it says. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understandings. Acknowledge him every in every way, and he shall guide your paths. And now my paths are guided, and I just don't have to worry. What I just, a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 it's amazing. But I, I need uh, to put that on my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, yeah, that's it, such a beautiful thing. Say so it easy. again. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Oh. Lean on lean on. Lean not onto your own understandings, and let's see. Um, acknowledge him in every way, and he shall guide your path. Aww. And that's Proverbs three five six, of which the Bible Proverbs three verse five and six. That is so, yeah, remarkable. Really, you know, it's basically the power of prayer. You pray, and you know your paths will be guided. And it's uh, and it's my. But you have my, done so much. Um, well, the, Between uh, Republican and church <laughs> yeah, but, and fixing people. You know, people say, people say, you know, my. They you were the me, Republican speaker. Um, well, Weren't you the well, MC? Well, no, in Minnesota, they asked me to speak for um, uh, two days before the election for the president. And I was so honored. I, I was so, after I had met him, I was all in. I'm going, this, there's nobody I'd rather have be my president than Mr. Trump. And I'll tell you, when I, in Minnesota, they said, would you, Introduce or talk at the when he came to you know those those rallies he was you who couldn't talk I got up there yeah that I was so scared I get up there I go I go I was raised in Cheska Minnesota and everyone's going whoa twenty thousand people I'm going wow no I thought no wonder he likes this I'm going and another thing and another thing and everyone was cheering it but but it was uh, it was it was um it was amazing and then uh, to see that come to fruition too that miracle in itself and and the the great things that are getting done now and uh, it's going to be a it's a game changer that the, the good things are going to be done. And when I taught the stuff, I talked to him when we had that private meeting about the inner cities and stuff. And now my foundation, we're doing so much for that to see that come to fruition is, 
you know, it's just going to be amazing for me to see all that, that I was a part of it, a part of this bigger Well, you thing. started the, you know, your foundation. The foundation. Yeah, yeah. The Lindell Foundation. Right, yeah. But there's so many other great things being done. Uh, ben, ben Carson, I became a friend of Ben's, and he's now doing the, these Envision Centers, which are going to help so many big cities and, and help uh, uh, youth from the inner cities and where to, where to, where to find their purpose, you know, their opportunities that they wouldn't normally have. And, and um, I'm working with so many great organizations right now, Teen Challenge, Union Gospel, Salvation Army. What's what Teen an amazing, Challenge? It's a, that's a treatment center. It's treatments where it's, uh, it was started in the 1950s by a street preacher and David Wilkerson and, and Nikki Cruz who ran these big gangs. And the, if you ever heard the book Crossing the Switchblade, um, it's, uh, it's very, I didn't grow up in America. Yeah, I don't right, know. Right. Well, that, well, yeah, you didn't grow up, but oh, here everybody knows the, uh, teen challenge there in every city. Now it's a big, it's a main, great treatment centers, uh, for, for addictions. Where and is then, it? And they're in every city. It's about every city in the country. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've and then you have Salvation them. Army there. They've got amazing, uh, uh, these pathway to hope. They've been doing these social service programs and their own treatment centers and just so many helps, uh, you know, and you have all these great things going on in our in our big bigger cities and I want to you know basically network them all together and get everybody going for a cause here to get people out of uh you know out of poverty get people working Donald Trump's already done this administration's already bringing the jobs back but you got That's other too yeah, yeah, but what uh, about the the amount of people that were addicted 20 years ago versus today, is it much higher or much well, lower? Well, I don't know about that, but I do know that this epidemic, there's nothing like it where people are dying. I had, Opioids. I had my step, called? I had a, a gal at a very short marriage in 2013, and, and her son, which was my stepson at the time, he called me three years later on Father's Day, and he said, and he sounded, you know, he was back on his opiates, and, and I... Uh, I, I tried tried to get him help that night, and um, but but a week later he died. Um, he aye, was, aye, and, aye. and so there's so what's happening out there now is young kids, you know, twenty twenty the, the drugs they have now with these opiates and, and these terrible. pills, they've this fentanyl. There's the stuff that's yes, twenty times yes. or fifty times more powerful than heroin. I mean, whatever that is, it's an extraordinary thing where it's people. You know, you don't. Obviously, they're not taking them to commit suicide, but they. No, it's but just they so die dangerous. within like they ten die. minutes. They, they die. die. And they die. Their hearts stop. And and you go and back. It comes you know, from Mexico. There's always been. There's always been. You know, different drugs. You had the. You know, your acid in the '60s. You had your crack cocaine in the '80s, '90s, and and meth. You know, I mean, all these are terrible, terrible drugs that uh, that Destroy are, are you. destroying people and uh, coming into our country. Another reason we need to protect our southern border for all these illegal drugs. I coming agree. In. I and um, but this but the opiates is this epidemic, and people need to see see hope and on that and that's where uh, it's that's so where I really sad, think this recovery is getting really going to help. Yeah. it's getting much more dangerous. Yeah. That's the so Light Beam Media is your company. Yeah, that was the com- that was the um, the movie. Steve- yeah, no, that was a Steve and I. That was the the company that we had formed to. And your first comedy was called Youth Group. Yeah, yeah. We're switch- we switched the name to Church People, and it's I... going to be out in a couple months. Wow, yeah, that's yeah, so exciting. Yeah, yeah. I have a cameo in there. I have a cameo in you there. You said where, you yeah. only had one line. Yeah, yeah, I had one line. But it was funny, and I had to walk quite a ways. So I had to, I actually uh, I stood up, and the, and the thing fell out, and I... And all what the thing extra, fell out? The, well, the back pad, the back for your speaker, you know, oh, or for I your see, microphone. I see, And that <laughs> fell off of me, and, they, and the... the 
You're three, talking to nobody. There were 300 extras there, and I go, cut, cut. And they go, you can't yell cut. I, go, I didn't know what you could do. It. <laughs> ah, my goodness. Uh, yeah, so it was fun. I think have... you're such a motivational person. <clears throat> I've never met anybody quite like you. That was like, I'm going to go down. I'm going to go back up again. Yeah. I'm going down. I'm going back well, up again. I've always been optimistic, always. I, you know, they, when I'm even writing my book, um, I had a writer once that had me as this depressed drug addict. I was never depressed. I am. Um, I would always believe that I'd have faith that things would get better. I'm always an optimist. And, uh, well, they sure did. And that they, uh, you know, it's, uh, I just never give up. I just, uh, you know. I am so impressed with your feats <laughs> and your trajectory. Again, I keep yeah. repeating myself. That's a miracle in itself. I see the. You're, you know, a, the, you're it, a shooting it, star yeah. going, first of all, you're so famous. You spend what one point eight million dollars a week on yeah, advertising. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you spend tens of millions of dollars in all these foundations. Yeah. I mean, what a gift of giving! And you had, able, what, and you took a beating. Yeah, I'm I, I just a blessing for me is just to give back. I love helping people. People say to me all the time, "How, Mike? Do you get any sleep? Whatever." Well, here's two things I say. Number one, no. Nope. Um, I when I do, it's quality. <laughs> it's my pillow with your and, pillow. Uh, and number two is I. It's not even work because I love what I'm doing. I absolutely love helping people, and now to help them, uh, you know, maybe get, you know, get help get people out of addiction, help find people to get find God, find Jesus. How and do to, you have and time? You, you have appointments. You don't stop. No. You no. don't stop for. I my... wish there was more time in a day. I love it. I love it. when my friend well, came to me. Start doing when my it. friend came to me in two in 2008 in December, and I said, and he had been clean for three years. He says. And he said, and I first question, I said, Dick, is it boring? I got the answer now. No, it ain't boring. It's not boring. It's amazing. You know? yeah. That's so positive. Yeah, yeah. From a negative came a positive. Absolutely. And I think we should yeah. all take yeah. real care Seeds of, of hope. I want to be, I want my story to show people hope. And, and, and within, with God, all things are possible. Anything's possible. I think you've and, accomplished you know that. You plant these seeds out there and you, ne- you know, have passion, never give up. People need hope nowadays, and there's you know there's so many things that uh, that we see where you know we're such a um, there's so a lot of division out there in the in the even in our country here, and it's uh, you know let's get together, unite as one, and and, and hope, and that's uh, we're trying we've got bigger so problems. We've got some big problems out there. We've got addiction and and uh, you know young people dying and, and you know gun got, violence, you know and, well, and the you know these all these things that are going on and. Um, you know, you got to look at the hope, the hope, you know, look at the jobs coming back. Let's keep, you know, what I do, I'm going to tell you this, I, I'm working in Detroit. I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff in Detroit and, and this gal down there, the name Alicia and John, and they, uh, they, I came and I met them about a year ago and they, in that neighborhood, one of the uh, tough part of Detroit, they were, they were like the, the hope of that neighborhood. So they come to her for a cup of coffee, um, for a, uh, maybe reading the gospel, just a, just a shirt off her back she would get that they would give them. Well, um, they they protected that, and now you know we we uh, we I helped them out, and so they were able to expand a little bit on what they were doing. Well, now it's just growing out from there. Hope brings more hope, and you when you start seeing successes, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. You know, take my pillow for that. I mean, it's. It, all I seen was a little glimmer. Whoa, look at this. Everybody loves it. Now let's go and, you know, and you see hope. And, Sometimes you, and, it's And difficult. then you see success, but you've got to see that, those seeds. I mean, whatever's bringing you that hope and success, you know, expand on that. I think it's so beautiful. 
good for you for your belief and your strength. Thank you. You're working. You know, you should be in the government. You should be running for Congress. Everybody always tells me that. <laughs> I tell you because you're so you're so positive. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're not a cagey yeah. sort of fellow. No, right. You're not going, well, I'm going to get the contractor. Right. Yeah. I no, mean, you should be in there. That, I mean, because you, know? you could make a lot of changes. I would rather just uh, no, have a bigger don't. platform. And, you know, if God, if God. You know, leads me and tells me, you know, run for anything. I Which will. Which church do you go to? I go Catholic to a or Protestant? Through. No, I'm non-denominational. Just a Christian. I'm just a Christian. And well, so am I. Yeah. I've gone There's to no, Methodist, no, Catholic, no, and no, Protestant no, churches. No, I, the, no, I love them all. Yeah. No, no. They have a I speech. just love Jesus. That's it. You know. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. Blame so you. I wherever I'm at, there's my church. I'll go to. I attend a lot of different churches. Isn't I it? Just did right? my, I just did a speech in my. I had to do this. Uh, I actually had uh, it was at a church and and uh, it's about an hour long. We that I was up there talking. I was kind of telling the story I just told you. And, wow! And uh, it ended with my salvation and being born again. Well, here the guy comes up afterwards. He goes, "You're the only guy I know that can talk about the Eagles band, Prince, Donald Trump, crack cocaine, and Jesus all in the same speech." <laughs> Well, that shows yeah, you yeah. you have a voice, <laughs> and you didn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and I never believed I've it. I've never heard know. anybody be yeah, able to be yeah. so motivational. I just did a national or a prayer breakfast, Good Friday prayer breakfast. This be an Easter weekend. I just did a national prayer breakfast uh, yesterday uh, or Friday, and uh, it was amazing to me to be picked for that town to speak to the whole town, and and uh, I was just uh, what a blessing to be able to take. Something I never thought I hadn't be able to do now. Well, it's remarkable. Oh, thank you. It's remarkable, and I bless you, and I'm so proud to have had the chance to talk to you because you're quite a phenomenon. We unfortunately have to end the show oh. with great sadness because I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> you might elevate me somewhere, <laughs> which you. might. Anyway, um, God bless everybody, no. and don't forget, lead us not into temptation. We can fight it ourselves. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.